are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. One of the greatest sorrows that I see in life is when people look back and say, I've wasted my life. God has given us the privilege to serve him. I feel like I'm what they say preaching to the choir. This church is amazing. I have never read or heard of a more serving church. There's a need, you meet the need. There's an opportunity, you sign up, you do it. On the very first Sunday night of the new year, we introduced our theme, Serving the Lord. If you don't have a booklet yet, the ushers have them when you leave tonight. It's taken from this Acts 20, 19. Serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. And I was just amazed you filled out those cards where you would like to consider serving. Not what you're doing necessarily, but what would you consider doing? And we, in the booklet, have given you so many options of places to serve, whether it be, of course, everybody in soul winning or getting the gospel out or the bus route or the Sunday school or in the gardening or the maintenance or the housekeeping or in the office or something, in the warehouse, whatever it might be, in shipping. It's just been amazing to think about God's people because I never knew there was a stack like we have. We have a stack about this tall where people on that opening night filled out cards and say, I'd like to join the choir. I'd like to join and be a nursery worker in the nursery. I'd like to do that. I want to be part of this. That which, that which makes a church a great church when people put their hand to the plow. One of the great sorrows I watch so is from time to time when someone doesn't serve. You don't know what you're missing out on. So, uh, uh, sweeter gets the journey every day. Serving Jesus really pays. I get happy in this heavenly way. Sweeter gets the journey every day. I've had a long life, and I hope to have much more life. I've had a long life serving God. And I tell you what, it's been such a good life. I love being a pastor. I love it. I, I can't believe that God would let someone like me, and I'm not, that's not humility. I know I, I know my strengths and I know my great weaknesses. I never thought he could use someone like me. I didn't study to be a pastor because I, I went to Bible college and I got two majors, two minors, but it wasn't a pastor. I knew I, knew I couldn't do that. I, I knew I wouldn't be able to stand in front of people and preach the word of God. I was in the ministry serving as assistant but never preaching. I, I just knew I couldn't do that. And I'm not suggesting I can now, and someone might come up to the door and say, you can't, but go ahead, thanks for trying. But I, I, just, I just look back, life's been so good. And you know the wonderful thing, my wife could tell, we love serving together. We, 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 we'll take a day off, or we'll wind up talking about church, and we'll talk about our kids, our grandkids. We'll gossip a little bit about you for a while, 
uh, that was a funny ha-ha. We'll talk about God's people. We'll talk about needs. We'll talk about what we're doing. We love serving God. It's, it's such a joy to serve God. There is joy, joy, joy in serving Jesus. And my job, according to Ephesians chapter four as a pastor, is to get you ready and equipped for the work of the ministry, to figure out what God is doing in your life and where you fit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, not all are the hand, not all are the eye or the ear or the feet. And you've heard me say it so many times in the past that the feet, what if that, those toes got down there and got said, I'm sick and tired of being in this shoe and it stinks down here. I don't want to be here. I watch that hand gets to go right here. I want my foot to go right there as well. Get it up there. The foot doesn't belong there. Can you imagine if you're eating dinner with your wife and all of a sudden as you're eating dinner with your wife, your foot says, I want to be up there with the hand. I want to be up where I can be seen. We had a lot of songs about the hands. There is an unseen hand to me. There's songs about the hand, the nail-scarred hand. There's not a lot of songs about, how, about the great feet. Life's pretty tough when you don't have feet. There's a lot of eyes about when I gaze into your beautiful eyes, but there's not a lot of eyes and songs about when I gaze into your beautiful eardrum. No, not, not a lot about that. When I was watching the deaf section tonight, I love these people so much. What a blessing that one day those ears will be open. What a day that will be. Sister Leanne, we were singing that song. I was watching Evro there, the new daddy. Now I was watching him as he was singing, never grow old. And he kept looking at you and pointing at you that you're old. <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs> That's not your signature song, sister. She's a, I married, I married Sister Leanne and now she's a grandmother. Just last month, their first one, that's hard to believe. And um, life's so short. I want to come to you on this subject of serving God. And I know I've been talking, I hope I can keep it up all year long from time to time. Keep it up where we all serve God. Notice what he says in Acts chapter number 20, verse 19. And this is 2019, and so our text is 2019 this year. Serving the Lord. Serving the Lord. Some of us get ourselves convinced that if I give money in the offering plate, I'm serving the Lord. That's not serving the Lord. That's maybe worshiping the Lord. That's maybe obeying the Lord, but that's not serving the Lord. Because the word serve, listen to this definition of this word right here, serve, when you look at a Greek lexicon or a dictionary, that word serve simply means work, Labor, enslaved, bondage. In other words, it means extreme, extreme effort. And really, and I don't mean to be rude, it takes faith, but it doesn't, and obedience, but it doesn't take a lot of extreme labor to write the check. 
and put your tithe number there. Thank God for that. But if we're not careful, we do nothing for God. Nothing but leaves for the master. When God says he wants us to have fruit, God wants us to bear fruit. God wants us to always abounding in the work of the Lord. God says to serve him, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Tonight as we close out this day in these next few moments, I want you to notice with me as Paul gives this early church, this first generation church, serving the Lord, and he said, here's the ingredients of serving God. The first one is with all humility of mind. With all humility of mind. When people stop serving, the root is always pride. God says you won't be able to stay with it with, with, with pride. You'll get out. But he said humility of mind. Sometimes we quit because I was not selected to be the teacher or the deacon or the usher or the worker. Uh, I've, I've, not been, I've been overlooked. I've been overlooked. I've been overlooked. This sweet young boy that just sang here, Brother Ethan Ropke, his mother years ago was in our school, in our high school. Her grandfather was a preacher. And I, I, I think of Ethan. I was, I was so proud of him singing. That's the first time I think sung in church. And so he stood up. I hope his mother is watching him on the East Coast tonight. That big old strapping boy, big old boy, stood up here not with pride, but man, he had something in his heart. I know I know he's going to have to enroll in the Jack Treber music lessons for just a few months. Man, I wish I could sing like that. And I, rather, I could lead singing and I could sing when I preach or something like that. I, don't, I really don't believe I could ever sing a solo. I'd be so nervous to sing a solo. Now, I'm willing to do it for you. But you're not willing to hear it. And I thank God for all our singers. They don't come up here proud as a peacock. Well, here I am to perform for you lowly people. Thank you, God's people, for that spirit of humility. Paul says in this early church, if we're going to serve God, we must serve with humility, for God resisted the proud. Whatever we do in life, we serve our mate, we serve our children, we serve our parents, we serve in school, we, we serve this area, that area, we'll always do it with humility, which means I really don't deserve this. Sir, do you really think you deserve that good wife God gave you? Do you really just think you deserve those great kids and grandkids that God and his mercy gave you? Do you really think that, that you or I have done anything to say, I'm doing this because God I'm just one of your prized possessions and I'm available and I'll serve you. What a humble thing to think that God will let us serve him. Mother, as you hold those babies tomorrow and tonight perhaps in the midnight hour and you're rocking those little babies, God's blessed you and he's honored 
you and he's put his blessing upon your life and counted a joy and it has to be hard. It has to be difficult when you go to bed and you finally get to sleep and you've been asleep 15 minutes and then that little girl, it's always a girl, I don't know why, but that little girl, she starts to cry. It's never a boy. Remember in the old days before women took over, it used to be a boy or we could say something like that and you'd laugh. I know we can't do this nowadays because it's politically not correct. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy. When cometh pride, then cometh shame. Only by pride cometh contention. Now think of that. I'm not getting along with someone. Well, God says pride is always at the root of contention. For pride go before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Jesus Christ became humble. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, by the way he was God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant that was made in the likeness of man and humbled himself and became a obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name because before honor and exaltation is always humility. I love the scriptures where God says, the Lord will destroy the house of the proud and everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. And he that is a proud heart stirreth up strife. Do you stir up strife? Well, Proverbs chapter 28, 25 says, people that stir up strife, they're proud. Oh, there are many great churches in this country. And I get weary with the phone calls of preachers. We're having problems in our church. We're fighting one another. We're against one another. Well, that's not of God. That's pride. And as we serve God, look in verse 19 this year, as we serve God, let us serve with all humility of mind. I go to these cemeteries, and I see your mothers and your dads and your loved ones that have been laid to rest. I go by all these markers in these different cemeteries where we've laid people to rest for 40 Three years now. And almost without exception, there was a godly, humble man. There was a godly, humble lady. There was a godly, humble person, young person. Thank God for the example that lies in graveyards of people that walked humbly before God, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. We don't exalt ourselves. We don't honor ourselves. We don't get offended. We don't get upset. We think what a privilege it is that God Almighty would let me clean the restrooms of the church. There's a group of men in the Bible. They were giving up all the properties and the lands to the 12 tribes. They said, you don't get anything. Levi, you don't get anything. 
The rest get something, but not you. God says, what I want you to do, God's people will take care of you financially, but you don't get a possession of land. Instead, you get to serve at the house of God. You're Levites. You get to move the boards and the sockets and the, and the, and the draperies, the, and you get to move the furniture and the ark of the covenant and the candlestick. You get to take care of all that, and you get to clean it, and you get to set it up, and you get to move it to the next place, and you are Levites. One man said, I, he was a Levite, he was Korah. I'd rather be a doorkeeper, Psalm 84. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of wickedness. He said, if I could just man the back door of the church. But one day, he got upset with his job. He no longer wanted to be a doorkeeper. He went to Moses and said, you take too much upon you. We don't like what you're doing. We don't like what we're doing. They got 250 men, renowned men, and they went and they fought against God's man. And Moses was heartbroken. He threw himself on the ground and he began to weep and pray. God told him to get up and he got up. And he said, I want to tell you something, Korah. God's going to do tomorrow a wondrous thing here. He said, if if you're wrong, he's going to open up this ground and he's going to swallow you up alive. The Bible says those men and their families were swallowed alive. Why? They got sideways. Not with necessarily God's man. When we get sideways with one another, it's because we're sideways with God. Serve the Lord, one, with all humility of mind. Secondly, with tears. You see it there? With tears. With tears. Oh, you sweet mothers in your home, there has to be emotion. And with many tears, many tears, many tears. Moms and dads, there has to be once in a while, not every night, not every week, but some, sometimes when you just sit down and with your kids and you say to your little beautiful children, Hi, hi, kids, I love you so much. And when God gets hold of, hold of who, in your heart who those little kids are, there's nothing wrong with a man weeping. There's a whole book, two books in the Bible, Lamentations in Jeremiah, written by a leather-lunged preacher who is known as the weeping prophet. He'd weep over his people. Those Old Testament prophets would weep over the people. We don't have weeping today. Weep over the erring one. Weep over your family. I think of your sweet wife, the load she carries. When's the last time you could say, I was praying for my wife and God just broke my heart for my wife, the load that she has. Physically, emotionally, socially, family, her, her work, everything she does. Ah, tired of her. One day you might get your hope and your wish and you'll be able to go home all by yourself and tuck yourself in bed when God takes her. I pray that the rapture comes before 
one of us has to leave one another. Some of you folks are married in this room tonight. Sir, would you, would you just get a hold of God in prayer sometime and weep for your wife? I'm not talking about just Valentine's Day, your anniversary, the load that's on her. Every lady I know carries a heavy load of labor love for the family. And ladies, when you have a heavy load and it translates over to your husband, you ever weep over my husband? What a good man. What a good man he is. He works so hard. He tries to be there. He provides for our family. He loves us. You're sitting next to undoubtedly a good man. And we got our lives all wrapped up. How I can change him? I gotta change him. I gotta change her. I gotta change her. Why don't you, why don't you do that before you get married? I do remember weeping over our kids when I'd steal away their little rooms, their little cribs, and pray over their lives. Never having told my son ever, my wife never did either, never told me how to be a preacher. I'm praying that, God, one day you call him to preach. <laughs> call him to preach. Call our girls to be married to preachers, God. If that's your will, we pray it would be. And, and God answered our prayer. I remember looking at those kids and just praising God for the privilege. When was the last time you wept over anybody more than yourself? I can find myself very easily bringing your face before the throne of grace and weeping over you and thanking God for who you are, what you are. So many of you are such silent Christians, but faithful, dedicated, laboring Christians. You don't need to be. I don't know anybody around here that needs the limelight. I really don't. Honey, I don't think we can think of, uh, here's a member they've gotta have, they gotta stroke them right. They need the limelight. Serving the Lord with tears. Generally, we have a habit of memorizing the shortest verses. But isn't it amazing what the shortest verse in the Bible is? John 11, 35. Two words. Wept. Why was he weeping in John because he saw two sisters and their brother had been dead four days earlier. Lord, if you'd been here, he had not died. He's not dead, he sleepeth, oh no, he's dead, Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection of the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whosoever liveth and believeth on me shall never die, believest thou this? They continue to weep, and the Bible said that Jesus, a few verses later, wept. You ever look at your neighborhood? 
I know what your neighborhood looks like, but if they're not a member of this church and we live by, by a lot of church members and we have good neighbors, but their cars are not going to God's house on Sunday. Doesn't your heart ache for little boys and girls? I told the bus workers last week, I just can't get out of my mind. I've not seen the news on it. I've heard it on the radio. That little girl, 13, that saw her dad shot and her mother shot, and she was taken captive 13 years of age for 88 days in Wisconsin. We have tried to pray for that girl at night. That little girl had to live through an 88-day torment, plus watching her mother get shot, watching her dad get shot. Her whole world turned upside down, and it will stay with her for life. That little girl needs our prayers. I don't know if she's saved. I hope she is. I heard her grandfather on the radio say something about, we've been praying to God that God would bring her home. I hope that meant he was saved. I don't know if he is or not. Maybe you know more. That little girl, that little girl needs our prayers. That little girl needs our prayers. Sometimes I'll look out the conference window and I see that public school over there. I'll drive by that and I'll say, now Lord, these children are here. They're not out of our church. They're in a public school. They're not at our school today, but they're your children. You love them. You care for them. God, please today keep them safe and bless their homes. Please may they get a daddy that comes to know Christ and a mother that comes to know Christ and a family that have meals together and happiness together and laugh together and play together and pray together and precept the word of God together and go to the house of God together. Oh, how we ought to weep. We see, and I, I saw a picture on my phone because they get all the police officers that are killed. That, that young man that came from Fiji, I think his last name was Singh. Right before Christmas, just a young man in his 20s, gunned down. That man had a wife. If I remember, he had a child. I look at these officers, men and women. This little girl, correction officer in Louisiana, and gunned and beaten to a pulp in the correction office, and leaves a husband and leaves two children. This man went to go serve a warrant and, and was gunned down at the door. No wife, but he has two kids he's left behind. Can't we get to the point where we actually can weep over the, the sorrows of people in life? I think I said it this morning, those 61 million babies. I think it's on the 22nd. Is that tomorrow or the next day? since 1973 have been killed in America through what they call abortion. 61 million. Notice what the scripture says, we're gonna serve God with, by his grace with, with humility and with tears. And I don't like this one. But we're gonna have to serve him with temptations. What is he talking about? He's talking about trials. Trials will come. You're serving God, you're doing your very best, and all of a sudden the trials come. 
It just come. It might be a health of a child or a wife or a husband. It might be the loss of a job. It might be a family uh, that turns on you. It might be a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. And all of you said you're serving God. You're trying to do what's right. And trials come. Blessed are ye. What men shall revile you, persecute you, say all evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Great is your reward in heaven. James chapter 1 says it. Count it not strange when you fall into diverse temptations, different trials. Knowing this, that the trial of your faith worketh patience. I've known Christians in my life, back as a boy, at your dad's church, honey, I think of some that went through sorrows, just went through hard times, but they just kept serving God. Just kept serving God with their lives. I know of preachers that have gone through sorrow after sorrow, and you think, is there, when's it gonna stop? On March the 3rd through the 6th this year, Sunday through Thursday, Sunday through Wednesday, is our 34th annual Pastors and Workers Conference. They come from all over the United States. They're registering now online. They come from outside the United States to this place. We'll have breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. It's going to be wonderful. We'll be out there in that lobby, sing inspiration every night before the service here. Whole country preachers preaching. It's going to be wonderful. I can hardly wait to hear Dr. Larry Brown preach and Dr. Clarence Sexton preaching, Brother Tony Hudson preaching. And we have preachers coming in for workshops, one doing the workshop on, on, on prayer. We can all go to those. How to pray, facing adversity, how to deal with your finances in the church, women's sessions, all these. But one man that's coming He'll have a session. But the publications has done something amazing. I remember when it took place, I think it was about 35 years ago. He was pastoring a church, I want to say if I remember, about 25 people. And that included his wife and his three kids. I'll never forget the morning when his wife got the van loaded. There were nine people in that van going from Avenel to Visalia Christian School. I've seen the pictures. I remember that day when I heard all in the van, a semi moved over the lanes and hit him head on and killed everyone but his one child, Charity. She's now a preacher's wife. I'll never forget our church, our, our delegates. I think on the 34th year, we bought her a bedroom suite, beautiful. The, the, the semi pushed everything back to the back of the van where there's, you can see on one of the news clippings, Baptist Church. The name of the church is not there, it's gone. He lost out of about 25 members, nine of them one day. 
That man, Dr. Bud Silver, has been my friend all these years. When my mother and dad, after 33 years being here, and I was their pastor, had to move closer to my sister, she was caring for them. Uh, he became their pastor. I was so grateful because he's so kind. The last trial that man has had, that man has had trial after trial. It's just part of life and sorrow after sorrow. But oh, what a sweet Christian man he is. And then I watch sometimes someone gets a sliver. I don't know, I don't know if I can go on for God. I got a sliver under that nail, it's driving me crazy. I gotta be out of church for six months. Serving God when trials come, when heartaches come, when disappointment comes, when caskets come in our home. And then I see in chapter number 26, but we won't go there tonight. I'll just say we serve God with spontaneity, with spontaneity as an action. Because in Acts chapter 26, and I'll turn there for the sake of time and I have to be done. And my Bible says in verse number seven, under the promise of our 12 tribes, serving God day and night. That's what Paul says back here in the book of Acts earlier. I serve God day and night. That spontaneous result is, I, I, I'm in. I'm raising my hand. Choose me. Choose me. I, I, I want to be, be one of those that, that, that push the vacuum cleaner. I want to be one that takes that street and knocks on every door and sees if there's someone behind the door that I can help. Someone I can help. We look for opportunities to help. I want to challenge us today as we leave out of here. I would say, I want to serve God do it with the right attitude. Most of the time, not we go home for lunch on Sunday. Most of the time, not all the time. And today we said, let's just go over here and get something. And because my wife's with me, I'm a senior, I get the discount. And I think the bill was just like $20 or $22 or $24 or something. I hate, I never ask for the discount, but they give it to me. I was preaching on the East Coast, and you know when you pull up and you go to McDonald's, I said, I need a cup of coffee this morning. And I said to the lady, the, the, the window's over here, I pull up over here, behind the building. And I said, yes, I'd like a, a medium coffee, please. Yes, sir. I pulled up there, and I said, how much is that? She goes, it's free. It's free? Yeah, you get the senior discount. When you ordered, I rung it up as a senior discount. I do not have a senior voice. I can't believe she gave me the senior discount without seeing my, well, I, 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 was, I was at the doctor recently and, and, and the first thing the girl says, I don't know where they get this boldness step on the scale. I looked at her, you go first. 
I put a stop to that real fast. And it's so funny, I, 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 I took my glasses off, I took my tracks out, took my pencil out, took my coat off, I took my belt off, I took my phone out. I, I, um, I, I started to take my shirt off, but I knew she couldn't take the, the muscles on my T-shirt, just seeing them all. She says, what are you doing? I said, my wife's gonna have to ask me how much I weigh, and I want, I took my shoes off. She goes, that's enough, that's enough. <laughs> then they ask you bold questions. It's written right there. How old are you? I said, how old are you? <laughs> you talk about bold people. Now I say this. One day, by and by, when I look on his face, I wish I had given him more. We love our Sunday school class. We love it. We pray for it together. We prepare. We, we just love our class. We love it. And those kids are so good to us. They, they love us, we think. I love coming to church. I love hearing that choir. I love I like watching that that Eliud Romero. Didn't sound right, that Eliud. I love watching Brother Eliud lead the music. I love watching all these orchestra members. Hearing the pianist play and the organist play. I, I tell you, I just love this place. I love serving God. I, I love working in the maintenance around here, and I love crawling up a tree. Brother Andrew and I, we took a lift here about two years ago. We trimmed the trees all the way down Romans Road. We got done with them. They won't have to be trimmed for 10 years yet. Boy, we just kept butchering that. They're growing back. They look good. They do. We're gonna have to get back up there real soon. Let's stand together, please, as we stand. God wants us to serve him. We're gonna work with you to find these areas where we can get you busy, but serve him. And look at these qualities with tears and with trials and with humility and that's the way to serve in your home. Every time there's an opportunity, jump. I, I wanna do that. That's why your kids, you're doing so great with these, these teenagers, these young kids. Let's wash buses, they're there. Let's knock doors, they're there. Let's practice music. They're there. Let's take music. Let's take music lessons. They're there. Why? We want to get them prepared. I think between elementary school and high schools, I asked this last week, how many are taking an instrument here? And I may be wrong. I'm going to guess at least 150, 175 kids raise their hand taking instruments. God bless you people. You know what that must sound like when they're starting? Terrible. One day, they'll be up here playing. By the grace of God, serve. I'm gonna plead with you. I serve them. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.